0: What population is an important part of the church membership, but ignored until it's too late? What department is always looking for volunteers and has seasoned leaders burnt out and discouraged? If you said youth and young adults and that department is youth ministry, then I have to say that I completely agree with you. My name is Eric Jean-Baptiste and welcome to Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101. Here we discuss all the difficult and rewarding work that is engaging with youth and young adults today. We do that by having open conversations with those in this field at every level in the church today. So let's not be silent, let's join in the conversation. All right, welcome back to Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101. Every time I'm excited, so because every time I have a a wonderful guest who is uh, who I'm very excited to speak with, and today I have Dr. Crystal Lewis. How are you doing, sister?
1: I'm good, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right, I'm doing all right, and I'm excited to talk with you today. Um, Are you ready to talk with us today here on this podcast?
1: Yes. Oh, I'm ready.
0: All right, let's go. Uh, Let's start off with, uh, could you give us basically um, a little introduction about yourself, a little short bio about you?
1: Sure. So as you mentioned, my name is Dr. Crystal Lewis. I am a motivational speaker, mentor, and a change agent. Um, And we can get into more detail of what change agent means. But um, one of the things I do is I tend to minister to team leadership programs, whether it's research symposiums, the teleconferences, or even church events. Um, my goal ultimately is to inspire individuals to have a passion for Christ and to experience an intimate relationship with him as they pursue their life's dreams. You know we all have goals and aspirations, but also understanding that our relationship with God is the pathway to get there. Um, I am recently an author, I wrote a book, The Diamond Formation, How to Survive and Thrive in Tough Times. i um, very proud and, and grateful for the message that's in it and the testimony that I had to give, and we'll get into that in a minute, but just understanding the, the purpose behind the pressure that we go through, um, how it is all a part of the process. Um, when I'm not doing ministry, I am a scientist in a cosmetic company in Massachusetts as well. So that's just a little bit about me.
0: Wow, wow, that's that's a very interesting background. And um, to follow up for a follow-up question, you have a lot uh, a lot of time you're giving to um, inspiring, and like you said, you are a motivational speaker. To uh, for young people, could you give us a little background of why you are so um, invested into empowering and uh, changing the life of young people?
1: Um, to be honest, I think a part of it is growing up in the church. I've had my um, my disappointments. I've had my church hurt. I been through even having a vision for our church and not necessarily being able to vocalize them at the time because of the time that we were in. Um, And I just don't want that to be another young person's story. I really want to develop a a safe space for young people to express the questions that they have. Um, Being a scientist, you know, you're told to ask questions. And I think sometimes um, church on a whole, we get very scared of questions. So one of the reasons why this became a passion for me is I really wanted to be able to help individuals that also have these questions, that want a relationship with God. But um, as any good student, as you're trying to get to know a subject, one of the first things your teacher will ask you and require you to do is ask questions, right? So um, just pre- just giving that safe space for individuals to have their questions and and again, point them to Christ. You know, everything is in the word. It's just that we have to find a way to comfortably um, give that information and, and show that this is my story. This is what I've been through and also be transparent about that journey as well.
0: Wow. Thank you for that. Um, so also in your... Your background—you um, are the daughter of a pastor, and um, I am. Yes, in the <laughs> Northeastern Conference, and um, if I'm not mistaken, he served for a few years as also as a, a youth director. Um, and uh, right. it, we've had children of pastors on this podcast, and uh, we've had youth directors on this podcast. But you have that unique perspective of. Uh, not only being a child of a pastor, but uh, for some time, the child of a youth director. Could you give us like a mm-hmm. little bit of insight on uh, how it is in the family home, uh, being a child of a youth director, especially for a big conference like Northeastern?
1: Um, so when he was at Northeastern, um, my upbringing was very, diff- very different from other individuals. Um, My parents actually believed in introducing us to certain things before anyone had an opportunity to introduce that topic to us. So um, to give a few examples, um, my parents would go to the movies with us. We made that, you know, they made that a family affair. Um, Their idea was, we want to show you how to choose good movies that are beneficial for you so that when you're on your own and this is what would happen when I went to Oakwood and when I went to um, Pine Forge Academy I was a leader in that I didn't have to watch what my friends were watching if I was not comfortable um, because I knew and understood what kind of movies I wanted to see Um, so that was one um, aspect another thing we would do together is our, we, our family time was really our moments for debates and those questions that we have concerning our church and, um, and even the insecurities that we had growing up in the public eye as PKs as well. Um, one of the things I loved about my father is he's very down to earth and he loves to laugh and he loves to make other people laugh as well. So um, I really felt like we had a normal life because my father was my father at home. Um, He wasn't the youth director. He wasn't my pastor. He was my father. Um, And I think that is so key because I got to see, you know, who he is as a human being and how much love he just has for me, not love for... um, the image that he wanted me to put out to the world, but he was invested and interested in getting to know me and understanding what are some of the struggles that I had being a PK growing up and, and dealing with the the criticism and and things that we will you know you naturally go through when you're in the public eye. Um, having him there as that support, as someone that I could talk to about those issues, really helped me. Um, navigate my life um, in terms of being a PK. And I can honestly say that that's why I'm still in the church today. Wow.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I think that's cool to see, especially um, when uh, pastors have very stressful and demanding lives. And uh, especially on this podcast, many people have seen uh, when I've been speaking with youth directors, that they also have stressful lives as they not only have a life of a pastor, kind of, they, they're traveling all the time. So to
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, give that uh, that stability and uh, foundation at the home, I think is um, really cool. And it's awesome that you had that growing up, because I think that also led to making you such a great minister today. Um,
1: Oh, praise God. Praise God. I, you know, what I want to add to that is also during that period, um, my brother and I, uh, Ray was at Pine Forge at the time. That's a boarding a boarding high school. And um, I was at Oakwood at the time. God. But what was so interesting is, you know, we made the most of Christmas and Thanksgiving and For those who don't know my father um he loves to cook and he cooks very well so um that was always a treat and a joy to come home and we just know that our favorite foods would be made um i think you know it, it says a lot to um it says a lot of him in the sense that you know he he's not the kind of person that believes in gender roles. He just believes in teamwork, and um, it's always such a beautiful thing to have um, to have him not only as my dad but also as my pastor when I need him to be my pastor. Uh-huh. And um, also, you know, even being a youth director, everything that he does, he puts his heart into. But it's just amazing how somehow we didn't feel ever like we were in the back burner. And that's tremendously hard to do, right? That's not easy Um, with all that a youth director and a pastor has on their plate. So I'm just really blessed to have him as my father.
0: All right. And um, continuing in that vein, uh, as you, are pouring now into people uh, as you were poured into. Uh, You wrote a book, as you mentioned before, uh, Diamond Formation. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, can you tell us about it and what inspired you and what the book's about and, yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, the reason why I wrote the book, I really have to give all credit to God. Um, because at the time, I was still trying to overcome insecurities about my writing. Um, When I was in graduate school, and then from high school to graduate school, I had teachers that would always talk about my writing. And um, because of that insecurity, when it was impressed upon my heart that, you know, God wanted me to write this book, um, I really didn't want to I didn't understand why he would choose me when so many people said I was horrible at doing this. Mm. Um, But ultimately, um, what happened is I couldn't get sleep. And that's a rare thing, Eric, because sleeping is my ministry. It really is. I can sleep whenever, wherever. So I knew it was a problem when I could not fall asleep and I would have my devotion, and I would do, and I would pray, and I would do all of these things, and I still can't sleep, and it just wasn't until I started writing chapters, then I would fall asleep, and then I realized, okay, it's evident that you want me to write this book, Um, and what it's about, basically, is um, really all of the trials that I went through in my graduate program, getting my PhD, um, the amount of pressure and stress I was under I talk about the moment where I broke a microscope Mm. and it was just so devastating to the point that um, mind you there were other things going on at the time that just were compiling in a sense Um, to the point that I was on the phone venting to my mother and I told her death would be better than this Mm. and that statement shook me because I was always a positive person. I was terrified of death. Um, So even the thought that I would think that that would be better really um, scared me. So um, having that moment and then God just taking me through that moment and just showing me how every single trial was necessary um, for me, not not only to not take credit, for my PhD because I will say over and over again it is all God, um, but also to see that he could be my support system and everything is working together for my good. So I talk about my graduate school experience and I correlate it with the growth stages of a diamond and there's actually four different phases that a diamond goes through. Um, and even four more stages that it goes through after that um, before it even lands on an engagement ring for instance um, and just really talking about how the pressures of life really help to crystallize and form us into the diamonds that we need to be to shine his light the best way that we can shine it so that's in a nutshell what it's about
0: amen wow so uh that's definitely a book uh somebody who's listening to this podcast should Uh, check out. It's uh, Diamond Formation, correct?
1: Yes, yes.
0: All right, so Diamond Formation by Dr. Crystal Lewis. Uh, You should definitely check it out and um, be inspired by that. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, The other thing I have to really uh, also highlight is that you said your ministry is sleeping. Um, (laughs) I, I am also a sleep minister, um yes. you can anyone who's seen like I've gotten pictures of me taken uh falling asleep right before I preach, uh falling asleep right after I preach, just, like falling asleep <laughs> during a church service, uh during a Pathfinder program. I've I've fallen asleep at uh the most opportune times, but uh it was all good sleep. So um but also I, I also want to mention that yeah, when you can't sleep that's really God saying something to you. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the story I usually talk about uh, uh, in that instance is how Darius was in the palace and he couldn't sleep. Yet Daniel was in the lion's den. And I imagine he was sleeping. He was sleeping on a lion enjoying his night. Yet Darius couldn't sleep because um, he was mm. troubled. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. God, um, really speaks to us. And if you can't sleep, God is saying something or um, the devil is <laughs> troubling you and you really need to get a closer relationship with God so you can get that well-needed sleep. Um,
1: right, right.
0: So uh, going on also into other ministries you're a part of, you are also part of a ministry called Real People, Real Lives. And, yes. Uh, they are known for... Uh, being a, a group of young people that uh, discuss topics on Facebook Live. Um, you're a member. Uh, could you tell us about that ministry and what you do with it? And...
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. So Real People Real Lives um, is really an organization of young individuals who are really trying to talk about the topics that have tend to be taboo Um, within churches, or maybe it's uncomfortable to discuss those topics in church. So um, Real People, Real Lives aims to not only, um, it's not only a a form of Bible study, but it's also how can we apply this in our daily lives, right? So really looking at topics um, that are application-based So we've done a lot of dating and relationships. We've even um, talked about church politics. We've talked about um, an array of different topics that may seem uncomfortable, um, even not something that we would naturally discuss in church. Um, But what's wonderful about it is it's an opportunity for us as young people to connect, to grow with one another spiritually as we're able to just Share our knowledge of the Bible. Um, People are able to not only build a better relationship with God, but think of other um, aspects of dating, for instance, that they may not have thought of prior. So it's a really wonderful, wonderful group that is just aiming to um, move from the theoretical to application and turn and the Bible being the foundation of it all. Yeah
0: wow all right so uh once again that ministry is called real people real lives and uh they have a facebook page they have uh an instagram and a twitter at rprl show so if you are wanting to see what dr crystal lewis is doing and uh, that other group of young people uh check them out uh You're listening to Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
1: Um, yes, yes.
0: So moving on to mentorship, because this is youth ministry uh-huh. and mentorship. Um, mm-hmm. Do you believe this generation is calling for mentors? Um, do you think they need them and they don't realize it? or Do you think that they know that they need mentors and they're calling for them?
1: That's a really interesting question. Um, I think we certainly need mentors. I think what has happened, though, is a lot of church hurt and even manipulation has happened. So um, our ability to trust an individual to have that place of uh, power and influence um, it's harder to get to that point nowadays. And I think that's just because um, you you feel that you might just be judged or there's not a balance between um, constructive correction and love at times. So it's definitely something that I do think that we need. I, I think what we also have to start thinking about, though, is workshops where, Mentors are taught how to be a healthy mentor. And mentees are taught how to be a studious mentee. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if we don't understand what those roles are and how we fit in those roles, um, oftentimes uh, it will just help to continue the gap that we see between generations, for instance. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the story of Ruth and Naomi because it's one of the only um, relationships where it's an older woman and a younger woman, and we see how um, a healthy mentorship can actually lead to marriage, ultimately. Um, And it's just very interesting because we don't even see a lot of female mentorship in our church when it comes to relationships and dating and it's sad but we can understand why right um because we haven't learned how to um let go of judgments and focus on the love as caribbeans for instance Mm -hmm. um we think judging someone is loving them um, we're not too clear on what the difference is or correcting someone is, is loving them. Um, but there's a way to correct and love. We just don't know how to communicate that as effectively as we should. Wow.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I just have to repeat. We think judging is loving or correcting mm-hmm. because we we care about their lives to a point that we want them to do well but it's it's a more of the way we say it rather than what Mm -hmm. we're saying uh that 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 is that is so key i'm i'm starting and that's one of the reasons why i i'm doing this is because i feel like Mm -hmm. if we are open in this communication about this need and um how we can reach out to younger people um we can just say it in a better way and and it will reach mm-hmm. them and it and sometimes it's yeah. the person who does it and maybe it's not you maybe get get somebody else to do it you know it doesn't have to be you because it's it's not about ego it's about empowering these young people so wow yeah i, I love that statement yeah. it's, it's that's so true um so speaking on that are there any words that a mentor has told you? that stick with you to this day?
1: Um, yeah. Um, there are quite a few. I have, I've been blessed. Um, let me start by saying that, to have some really wonderful mentors that came into my life at a time where um I knew i needed I knew God was calling me in a new stage in a new direction, um, but I also didn't have the insight to move beyond the level that I was currently um, at at the time, mm-hmm. and um, thankfully, God would just bring me on a crash course to um, these wonderful women, uh, one of them being Tara Carissa Hodges is one of my Mentors, and one of the biggest things she has always told me is that there is a purpose for my pain mm. um, it's so wonderful to to know that because when she's saying that, I also see the accomplishments that she has currently, and it makes you realize that uh, we all have to carry across mm. that so many times we see on social media everyone is claiming to live their best life. And that's wonderful, but what we, don't, what we don't see is the cross they had to carry to get there. And um, understanding that there's a purpose for your pain and understanding that there's a process that every person must go through, it gives you a different perspective as to how um, we walk in this Christian journey. You know, all of a sudden warfare is not a surprise anymore um warfare is no longer something where you feel paralyzed anymore when you understand that this is all a part of the process and i have to carry my cross i have to go through um my own death burial and ultimately a resurrection being a new creation in christ jesus um that's all a part of the process so um those are one of her biggest words to me that there is a purpose for my pain um Something else she helped me to identify was that I had a self-limiting belief. And talking about how to um, mentor someone in love, um, she said in the call, I hope you can receive this and and know that I'm saying this in love. But it sounds to me like you have a self-limiting belief. So to give you some context, I, um, at the time, I was going through, um, I was going through some things at work, and I wasn't sure if I fit. And I was just like, I'm not sure if I fit. I don't know if people like me. Mm. All of these different things, but I'm working so hard, and I'm trying to get get through. But I just feel like I I have too much dialogue in my head to really even focus on what's happening at work. And um, she said, you know, I I I hope you can take this in love because this is really what I'm hearing it sounds like you have a self-limiting belief and I think you should take this quiz and figure out what that self-limiting belief is. Mm. And I said, okay. So I went and I took the quiz and, um, my self-limiting belief is I'm not enough. Mm. And what's interesting about that is that's one of the main reasons why words of affirmation was in a sense, my drug. I needed to have those words of affirmation to feel as though I was enough. But the problem with that is the words of affirmation, they're they're never enough. Mm. You constantly need people to tell you that. So um, understanding that that was my um, self-limiting belief, I had to really rely on the word of God and look at scripture where it says i am fearlessly fearfully and wonderfully made um that we are more than conquerors for those that are are in christ jesus because then it says that i'm more than enough we were called to have dominion on the earth so who i've been created to be is is enough to god and if it's enough to god it should be enough for me um so really her giving me that, um, that advice really changed the trajectory of my life. And I mean, is it something that I've completely conquered? No, it's still a process. Um, I'm about six months into correcting my thinking and, and speaking biblical affirmations in my life. And sometimes it gets tough. Sometimes it gets difficult because the enemy wants, the last thing the enemy wants to do is to have that negative thought pattern removed Hmm. so there will be things in life that will challenge that um but the goal is to keep moving through keep pushing through you know if god's not if god never gave up on us and he could have on the cross we can't give up either wow
0: and uh i think that's that's awesome because it, it really shows how a mentor can help you see what you're not seeing especially when it comes to your mindset. And um, when you change that mindset, that whatever that negative mindset is, the positive starts coming like so quickly. And you're just like amazed, like, wow, I was really holding myself back out of fear, out of fear Mm -hmm. of failure, out of um, trying to please everybody else because they're saying, they were complaining of how I was changing and all these things. And the amazing things you can do because, um like you said, yeah, I mean, you're 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 a doctor, you're a motivational speaker, you're pouring podcaster, you're an author. So th- this is that's inspirational for a lot of people.
1: Um, yeah, praise God.
0: Yeah. Uh, actually, before I get into the last question, could you, um, for uh, you said you're a motivational speaker. Could you give a little more information on like uh what conferences you speak at and uh, do you have like a keynote message that you specialize in or something like that?
1: Oh, yeah, so that's a great question. Um, so because I'm a scientist, I have uh, done a few research symposiums. So that's one side no. <laughs> of who I am. Um, so that would be more on the chemistry side, biochemistry. Um, symposiums. Um, I was a keynote speaker for Oakwood um, research symposium. So that was a blessing and I praise God for that opportunity. Um, then I also, um, I have a few talks that I do. One is on the diamond formation where I talk about my trials in graduate school. Um, another is lessons from an eagle. Um, tips on leadership that we can learn from the Eagle. Wow. Um, I'm fascinated with nature. I think nature holds the secrets of life. And so as a result, I really try to incorporate nature as much as possible into um, how we ought to live our lives. You know, whether it's fearlessly like the Eagle or whether it's enduring the pressures of life, like a diamond. Um, I really believe in, you know, it's the word of God says the heavens declare the glory of God. And I feel that nature does the same as well. If we would just only pay attention to it more. Um, so that's a few of, um, the messages that I've done. I've done that for, um, teen leadership programs, So TLT. I do that every year for Northeastern Conference. Uh Um, It's my, honestly, it's one of my favorite engagements because I love talking to young people and I love being able to pour into them, um, not because of me, but really because I would have loved to hear those kinds of messages when i was their age and so to have an opportunity to be a part of something that's bigger than myself um it's really humbling
0: awesome awesome all right sister uh thank you for coming once again onto this podcast and sharing this knowledge um as we close out uh I'm going to ask the usual closing question or really um, invitation to give a statement here on this podcast, Mm -hmm. which is do you have any words of motivation or wisdom for anyone who is struggling in youth ministry or ministry in general, or hearing the call, but feeling apprehensive to answering?
1: Yeah. I will start with this. Um, Do not choose youth ministry if you want to be liked. Mm. Um, Looking for the validation of men um, is the quickest way to feel defeated, to, to give in and give up, Ultimately, but rather when or if you're struggling with the call, really ask for God's direction. Um, I would also say know what your spiritual gifts are. There's a book by C. Peter Wagner called Discovering Your Spiritual Gifts. I would highly recommend reading that book to be clear, crystal clear on um, what your spiritual gifts are. So that you not only know, okay, Lord, your purpose for me is to be in youth ministries, but then you also understand the how. What gifts will help you facilitate that purpose? Um, I would also say that um, initially it may be hard because you might feel like a one-man show, Mm. but give it time and the lord as he sees fit when he sees that you're doing so much that it's truly beyond you he will bring a team and i've seen that time and time again um i've experienced that in my ministry i've experienced that with real people real lives where we've grown tremendously over time um and so many other ministries that i'm a part of so I know that when the time is right, God will always bring the team and you don't have to worry about that. But ultimately, as long as you're in the will of God, it will be difficult. It will not be easy, but you will always get through it and you will see, you will see the fruit of it as well. And we don't do it just for the fruit. That's not up to us but we do it ultimately for his glory. That's what I would say.
0: Amen, amen. Wow. So thank you so much, Dr. Crystal Lewis, for joining us here at Youth Ministry and Mentorship. Uh, may God continue to bless you in your ministry.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me. I was so honored. And I, I enjoyed this talk tremendously. So thank you.
0: All right. Thank you. So that's the episode, everybody. I hope it was helpful, informative, and most of all, inspiring. If you enjoyed this content and know of a church leader or any person who could benefit from this, stop hesitating and share it with them. Feel free to subscribe and please leave a review and a comment so we can use this platform to help serve each other better. So until next week, I'll see you right here at Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101 where we always say youth ministry isn't a stepping stone into ministry. It is ministry period.